This is the KFDM Morning Show Podcast from the most watched morning team in Southeast Texas. Let's get you a look at what's going on in your headlines. And as we mentioned, election results are going to dominate the day, as you can imagine. Let's get into the midterm elections. Oh, yeah, a lot to cover this morning. We'll start on the state level battle for lieutenant governor. Incumbent Republican Dan Patrick and Democratic challenger Mike Collier are on the ballot. There was also a Libertarian Party candidate running for the seat. Shana Steele, you can see there. Incumbent Dan Patrick winning that race with 54% of the vote. Mike Collier falling in second with 43%. And we should probably step back one office and talk just for a moment about the governor's race and the fact yes. that Greg Abbott did defeat Beto O'Rourke and will retain the governor's seat and will stay in the mansion for another term. Well, the Texas Attorney General's race drawing a lot of attention. Republican Ken Paxton seeking re-election and the challengers jumping on his long-standing indictments as one reason voters should make a change. Democrat Rochelle Garcia trying to unseat Paxton while Libertarian candidate was Mark Ash. Here's a look at those results. Because of the fact that there were three, perhaps that's the difference, but Ken Paxton wins re-election as the attorney general with 54% of the vote. Texas land commissioner's seat is open because incumbent George P. Bush ran for attorney general in their Republican primary. The Texas General Land Office plays a critical role in Southeast Texas. One example, helping pay for new housing to replace apartments destroyed by Hurricane Harvey. In August, the land office was on hand for the opening of the Coons Pioneer Crossing Apartments. Land office awarded more than $8 million for the 84-unit affordable rental complex. With George P. Bush out of the mix, Republican Don Buckingham and Democrat Jay Cleaver, whose family owns a legendary King Ranch in Texas, going head-to-head -head with a Libertarian also running for the seat. You can see Don Buckingham coming out on top in that election, 56% of the vote. Jay Kleberg with 42%. So Don Buckingham taking land commissioner. In the state comptroller's race, incumbent Republican Glenn Hagar running for re-election. A Democrat, Janet Dudding, the challenger there. There was also a Libertarian on the ballot, but it was Hager who comes out on top with 4,429,000 votes or 57% of the ballots. In the election for Texas Agriculture Commissioner, incumbent Republican Sid Miller and Democrat Susan Hayes facing off. You may remember that longtime Republican State Representative James White challenged Miller in the March primary. But you can see here for Agriculture Commissioner Sid Miller coming out on top, 57% of the vote. Susan Hayes falling behind with 43% of that vote. Two congressional races impacting Southeast Texas, incumbent Republican Randy Wepper seeking re-election to his seat in District 14. The census has slightly changed the district's boundary. It includes most of Beaumont now, all of Port Arthur and the Bolivar Peninsula along with Galveston and an area that includes Angleton, Lake Jackson and League City. Democrat Michael Williams challenging Weber, but you can see Weber handily won re-election garnering more than 69% of the ballots. And in the race for U.S. House District 36, incumbent Republican Brian Bavin seeking re-election. Census has slightly changed his district as well. It now includes a small portion of Beaumont in addition to the same area of East Texas, including Hardin, Orange, Jasper, Newton, Tyler, Polk, Liberty, and Chambers counties, and portions of southeastern Harris County. Democrat John Harry is trying to unseat Bavin, but that will not happen. Brian Bavin coming out on top with 70% of the vote. 
John Harry falling behind with 30% for U.S. House of Representatives District 34. In Texas Senate District 3, longtime Republican incumbent Robert Nichols represents 19 counties, including Hardin, Jasper, Newton, and Tyler. His Democratic challenger, Steve Russell, who calls himself a conservative Democrat, but it was Nichols winning the race here in a wide margin with 77% of the votes. Brandon Creighton is a Republican incumbent in Texas Senate District 4, which includes Jefferson and Chambers County and part of Montgomery, Harris and Galveston counties. His Democratic challenger is Misty Bishop, a paralegal in the Harris County District Attorney's Office. You can see Brandon Creighton has won that state Senate seat with 70% of the vote. Misty Bishop falling behind with 30%. In Beaumont, the city wants to develop several hundred acres bounded by Delaware and Gladys and find a company to build a neighborhood of homes and attract businesses. It's divided into several parts, adding up to about $1 billion in bonds. The interesting part, under state law, a developer can have a small number of people move into the area that will be developed, and they're the only ones who can vote. In this case, it's two people, two votes. The first proposition calls for the sale of about $300 million in bonds, and obviously it passed. The other propositions also passing with those two votes for developing the land in West Beaumont. In Jasper County, Precinct 3, booze is on the ballot. Voters in the area outside of Kirbyville deciding the fate of, of a proposition on alcoholic beverage sales and whether to support that area going wet. You can see they did support it with 60% saying yes, 40% saying no. So Proposition A has passed. Circling back some county races, County Judge Jacques Blanchette not seeking re-election. Republican Milton Powers of the Justice of the Peace Buying for the job in Tyler County, along with Democrat Wesley Whitman and write-in candidate Neil uh, Alderson. And you can see it was Powers getting 70% of the vote and taking the job as the next Tyler County judge. Voters in Hardin County ESD1 are deciding whether to increase the sales tax one half cent to pay for two new fire stations, equipment, and other important needs. ESD1 includes Coons in the surrounding area. You can see they did approve that increase in sales tax. 58% saying yes, 42 saying no. And voters in Newton School District deciding the fate of a $26.5 million bond issue to improve and renovate schools. Supporters say the owner of a $100,000 home would see a property tax increase of about $10 a month. And you can see that bond issue did in fact pass. And now, your daily weather forecast from the Southeast Texas Weather Authority. Good morning, Southeast Texas from the KFDM and Fox 4 Weather Center. I'm meteorologist Chad Sandwell. Here is a look at your forecast for Wednesday. It's November the 9th, and today is going to be another warm day. Temperatures still more than 10 degrees above normal for this time of year. We'll look for partly cloudy skies and a southeast wind. That means temperatures will be into the mid-80s. Now, as we head towards the end of the week, of course, we've talked about some changes for the last few days, and those changes are still in place. We'll look for some sunny skies on Thursday, a little bit cooler weather thanks to more of an easterly flow, but then heading towards the weekend, especially on Friday, a big cold front headed our way. That'll bring the chance for some showers. Can't rule out a couple of thunderstorms, but mainly rain in the forecast for Friday. The winds will turn around to the northwest. We'll see temperatures topping out into the upper 70s on Friday. I think the rain clears the area by the time we wake up on Saturday morning, but I still think we'll see quite a bit of cloud cover around. North winds 
on Saturday should keep our temperatures about 20 degrees cooler than what we'll see on Friday. So look for highs in the upper 50s. Early morning lows on Saturday will be into the upper 40s. Now, heading towards Sunday, skies start to clear out a little bit, so temperatures will be dropping off. I think we'll see some quite a few 30-degree readings or mid-30s up into the lakes area with temperatures closer to 40 degrees in the triangle when you wake up Sunday morning. We'll look for mostly sunny skies, but that will be short-lived as an upper-level disturbance is going to be pushing into the Lone Star State again on Monday. And that increases our chance for some scattered showers, maybe a couple thunderstorms. We'll go with a 60% coverage on Monday as another boundary slides into the area. Temperatures will stay in the upper 50s on Monday. And then the rain chances continue into Tuesday, at least in the early part of the day, before the cloud cover kind of holds until the middle part of the week. Bottom line, with this first front on Friday, it's really going to kind of change things up for a few days here in southeast Texas, where overnight lows will be into the lower 40s, and afternoon highs should be in the middle to upper 50s. So quite the contrast to the mid-80s that we've seen throughout much of this week. Not a lot of fog out there this morning. That is good news. Uh, we do have low levels of grass pollen, weed pollen, and mold spores continue to stay at moderate levels on this Wednesday morning. Recapping your forecast today, partly cloudy skies. Highs are going to be into the mid-80s. We'll look for a southeast wind that averages out to about 11 miles an hour. Don't forget, you can get your forecast anytime online at kfdm.com. You can follow us on social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And don't forget to download our free weather app. It's available on your iOS and Android devices. From the KFDM and Fox 4 Weather Center, I'm meteorologist Chad Sandwell. Have a great day. Thanks for listening. Join us again tomorrow for the KFDM Morning Show Podcast.